Welcome to Kids for a Quid, the football show presented by kids. Hello, welcome. Thank you for all of your support this last week. My name is Ruben and I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. My name is Elliot and I'm a Chelsea fan. And my name is Chris, I am the referee, I am Elliot and Rue's dad and I am a Forest fan. So welcome back to episode three of the Kids for a Quid podcast. Um, the boys have been working hard on some new topics for everyone this week. Um, as you can hear, um, bless him, Rue has got a really horrible cough and sore throat. So um, apologies for the uh, the coughing and everything that you'll hear in the background. Um, we'll do our best to edit it out and go from there. So... Um, boys, how, how are you enjoying the podcast? Let me ask you that first. Are you enjoying it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting lots of really nice feedback um, from people out there, especially from um, working man's, um, excuse me, working, working man's um, football um, who uh, do the, the food at the city ground. Um, very kindly um, reached out and spoke to us last week um, following our, our absolute um, yearning for... Um, Pizza, pizza dogs. dogs so yeah so thank you very much guys um and yeah can't wait to um check some pizza dogs out next time we're in nottingham so game week five um it's the first topic today so um elliot and rue have drawn a list together of all the games they want to chat to you about so it's probably no surprise which one is is the first game um off the list so Boys, which is the first game you want to chat about? Nottingham Forest versus Burnley. You're at that, so we'll be asking you questions. Okay, all right, I'm being interviewed. Go for it. So, yeah, I, I made the trip up to uh, to Nottingham yesterday to the mighty city ground to watch Forest. Elliot, do you have any questions <laughs> you want to ask? <laughs> what was the atmosphere like? Um, the atmosphere was really good. It's, it's always really good at Forest. I, th- I think it's slightly different from last year. I think there's an air of expectation with a lot of Forest fans at the moment. So because um, Burnley were a promoted team, I don't think um, we probably gave them the same respect that we would do <coughs> to maybe um, your Spurs and your Villas and, and Brightons mm. and that will come up to the game. So I think there was a lot of expectation from Forest that we were going to win the game. So when it didn't quite go to plan in the early stages, it, it was quite subdued at the ground. Were the Burnley fans noisy or were they quiet? They were they were noisy for a lot of the game. Yeah, they 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 really got behind their team, and it's I I think it's one of the worst sounds you can ever hear is when the away team starts celebrating when they've scored. I think that is one of my worst things about being in a football ground when you can hear that small pocket of fans in the corner going absolutely bananas when their team has scored. Absolutely detest that not a fan of it but it is what it is what did you make of <coughs> what did you make of Callum Hudson Adoy's debut I thought he was fantastic um loads of energy um he was unlucky not to um not to get on the score sheet in the first half he, he was a, a great outlet creating loads of runs his pace um and when him and Aina are on the right side together um yeah on, on the sorry on the left side together they, they were absolutely um, tearing them apart in the first half and it was um, it was really frustrating that we didn't get that goal that it deserved in the first half hour but his goal in the second half was absolutely fantastic and um, he was he was man of the match um, voted by the sponsors on the day but I think um, Ola Aino should have been man of the match because he was absolute beast he was up and down the flanks both flanks all game long superb fullback what do you think of Ibrahim Sangare's 
Oh, Sankari Stavey. So playing in a different league. Um, Premier League's a lot faster than the Eredivisie. Yeah. Um, I think he <coughs> he made some really good challenges. Um, he won the ball back for us a lot. He got caught in possession a few times. He got nutmegged about three or four times, um, which I think I don't think he was a big fan of. But I think as he gets more um, more acclimatised to the way that the Premier League is, I think he'll be that answer in the midfield for Forest. I think he'll be really strong, and I think he'll be exactly what we need. What do you think are your expectations for Forest going forward this season? Um, to finish higher than last season. I think that's a respectable objective. Thank you. But do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that if they perform the standard they performed last night, do you think they will achieve that? Yeah, I I, I think a lot of people are out there underestimating Burnley. I think Vincent Company has done an absolutely fantastic job there. They play football the right way. They they were pure possession football last night. They were comfortable passing the ball around their six-yard box. Um, they were basically trying to lure Forrest into making a mistake. And they're, all of their players are comfortable in possession. And when they break, they break at speed. Um, I think if they had a, um, a, a realistic 20-goal-a-season striker playing for them, I, I think they, they would be absolutely top-half finish for sure. I think they were a fantastic team last night. Also, on another note, on Thursday, um, Steve Cooper makes it two years since he joined the club. What is your feeling that Steve Cooper's kept his job for two years? <laughs> um, given the amount of managers that came through the revolving door at Forest for a very long time, um, A, delighted that we kept a manager for two years, but um, <coughs> two years ago... Um, two years ago Thursday Cooper took over and yeah we were bottom of the championship not really any kind of uh, hopes for a good season and we ended up promoted in the Premier League and it's still in the Premier League Steve again Steve Cooper Forrest's best manager I, d I don't think so no I, th I think I think he's got a, he, he's on the right track but he's got a long way to go before he, he, he tops the likes of Brian Clough with the two European Cup wins oh, yeah. uh, and, and the League Cup. He's got a long way to win a European Cup. Well, never say never. But yeah, so that, that, that was my take on the the, uh, the Forest Burnley game and a little bit about Forest season going forward. So the next game on your list, boys, is uh, just up the road from us um, on Sunday Sunday afternoon um, at the Vitality, very wet Vitality. Um, Bournemouth versus Chelsea. So, Els, talk to us about Chelsea's performance at Bournemouth. To be honest, it was so boring. Well, it wasn't boring. It was just so dull for Chelsea fans. I zoned out by the 15th. <laughs> You'd zoned out by the 15th, 15th or 50th? 50th. 50th, okay. All right. Yeah, it was, um, it was a hard watch. They, they seem to be doing some of the right things, right? And then just, I, I didn't understand. Super Sunday um, was a bit of a boring game, uh, a bit of a boring games with Arsenal uh, and Everton afterwards. One goal between the two games. But it just felt like everyone was trying to walk the ball into the net. Uh, Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea had too many too many touches in a row rather than looking up and, and, and venturing a pass. Each time it just seemed to be, nope, turn, turn back again, turn back. Um, so... Who, do you think that was a fair result, the 0-0, Elliot? 
No, I think Bournemouth should have won. Being a Chelsea fan, I do not think we even deserve to get a point. Wow. Bournemouth deserve three. Wow. So, so this is pretty much doom and gloom for Chelsea after five games, Elliot. What's you know the question you asked me a minute ago about um, Forest season? Let's just throw that at you quickly. Then, what what do you think? You know, what what what's your realistic expectation for um for Stamford Bridge this season? Tenth, at least. At least tenth. Wow. I'm going for at least top half. What for Chelsea? No, Forest. Right. Okay. So yeah. So Elliot, I mean, uh, I know a lot of Chelsea fans will probably be screaming at the moment. Go, no, it's Champions League, nothing less. But <laughs> is that sounding realistic at the moment? Do you think? No. And I think I've got the more realistic idea of where we're probably going to end up. There you go, Chelsea. Championship. Why <laughs> <laughs> you, you? All right, so so Chelsea fans there. Elliot's basically saying he he's the more realistic Chelsea fan because he thinks that a top half finish for Chelsea is um is probably the best they're going to get this yeah. season. So wow. Yeah. So let let's go on and talk um a couple uh, more games in in game week five. So. Um, we're going to talk about a game which has had um, a lot of press, um, but for the wrong team, in our opinion. And that's Manchester United versus Brighton. So, boys, what, well, what, what was the score? What happened? Well, I think Brighton deserved to get three points. It could have been four or five, Elliot, do you reckon? Could have been four or five. Yes, it should have been and could have been. Yeah. Okay. Should have so, and could have. Um. What what's what's the main highlight of that game? When you saw that score, what was the first thing that that kind of bumped into your heads? Like what you know, what was it? Brighton's four consecutive wins against Manchester United, and also can I point out this is the first time that Manchester United have, be, have been beaten at Old Trafford in the league since. Brighton beat them at the start of the 22-23 season. Yeah, I, that's absolutely right. What what a fantastic stat that is for Brighton. And to be fair, United not being uh, beaten at home. But yeah, um, yeah so th- there's a lot of stuff in, in sort of, you know, on TV and there's a lot of people picking fault at, um, <coughs> at, at what Brighton have done. Uh, sorry, at what Manchester United have done um, rather than celebrating how good Brighton were. So uh, what I want to do is just take a minute. To talk to me about the Brighton performance first. Well, Brighton uh, uh, dominated United. Pedro's goal was just brilliant. The best goal of a Man United versus Brighton game. Is that your best goal now? It's surely. Mm, I did think that. But then... If... But then... Brighton's performance was out of this world. Man, I mean, Brighton have been performing over standard for these last mm. two years or so. Yeah, I think when you look at the build-up of the goals and how well worked they were, there, there, there was some, you know, really good finishes there. So I think Pascal Gross's goal where he just kind of dropped the shoulder and found the space was fantastic. The dummy for Welbeck's goal and, and the, um, like you say, the finish for... Um, uh, for Shao um, Pedro's goal, but also United having the goal disallowed VAR going against old uh, against United Old Trafford. That's unheard of, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely unheard of. So, and the ball was out, but it, it stopped Hoyland getting Miles off the mark. Um, but yeah, Brighton played absolutely fantastic, and I think it, it's a real testament to how far 
the club have come but it still frustrates me that um you know the the big headline out of all of that is that united <coughs> didn't play very well and i think that's the frustrating thing is not acknowledging the fact that how good brighton were bright manchester united were all over the place but let, let's look at the league table currently um which half of the league are brighton in top, top which half. half of the league are united in bottom bottom so you know it, it's kind of it's a fair result it's an expected result um and i i think uh, long may it continue that that clubs like brighton are showing these supposed big teams like manchester united that they're not just going to be uh there to make up the numbers and they're going to be there to um you know to to take points off these teams and prove their worth so with that in mind boys what do you think is going wrong at bright uh, at manchester united well, obviously, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about this. I do think, obviously, it's not down to the owners, but I do think the reason that the football world has turned is because Man United haven't been able to shift their ownership in the last year. Okay. Right at the start of June or so, I think it was, there were bids from Sheikh Jassim to take over the club, but none of that ever went through. I just think Man United need a fresh start to get back to where they were once upon a time. Yeah, so with that in mind, what do you think makes Brighton so much different at the moment from Manchester United? Their youth system. Because I think, for one, when Caicedo, <coughs> when they brought in Mohamed Dahoud, it's almost like they had a vision of Caicedo leaving. And also they lost McAllister, another key midfielder from last season. So it was almost like they had a vision. Oh, we know they're going to leave because they're such high-rated players. Yeah, so you think they've got like a, a really good sort of scouting plan where they're like, you know, we know that if this player leaves at some point, we, we're going to sign this player, that's his replacement, and they're kind of planning that far down the line. So it's kind of like organisation seems to be the, the kind of the key there. Yeah. Yeah? It's I, like... Oh, sorry, carry on, Ray. It's like, I think they brought Pedro for McAllister because then McAllister is that was a strange sound that's Rue's sound for going I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to come back to that thought in a minute um, alright so other games this, this this week of the Premier League we'll just quickly um, whiz through two more games which were decided yeah. deep 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 into stoppage time uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Sheffield United versus Spurs. Okay, so down at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or the Lane or whatever we want to call it, um, a bit of Ange ball wasn't going to plan. So Spurs in the uh, 98th minute, 1-0 down to um, Sheffield United. And what happens? Richarlison! And he's done it! Spurs are level! Paul Heckingbottom cannot believe it! <laughs> Wow. Okay, we've we, we've got our own uh, our own um, commentary. Uh, yeah, that, that was amazing, wasn't it? John Watson, eat, eat your pants off. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah. So Richarlison scores in the ninety eighth minute, and you think, ah, oh, that's that's a, that's a bit tough on Sheffield United. And then what happens next? Kulusevski, and again, this is just this is the way that Ange Ball is supposed to go. Hecking Bottom's woes. Deepen again. <laughs> wow, Elliot. I was going to say that. You, well, exactly that. You were going to say exactly what Elliot no, said. You were going to say the Kulisevsky bit. Yeah, okay. All right, well, well, um, yeah, we'll have words with Elliot afterwards. We'll get your agent to talk to his agent and they'll sort something out, all right? 
Um, wow, we're going to try and get him sacked. Uh, so, so basically, yeah, I mean, deep into injury time, um, Sheffield United score, uh, sorry, Spurs score two goals, um, and it changes the complete complexion at the end of the game, giving uh, Spurs all three points. Um, you got to you got to be pretty sick with that if you're a Sheffield United fan, haven't you? Yeah, I imagine you have. Um, I imagine too. Is that it? Silence. <laughs> you just put put your hand up. Say, yeah, I, I imagine that too. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, and then we we had we had. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a big in the room. Is there, is, have you brought Peppa Pig with you? <laughs> Oh dear! All right, all right, okay. I, I don't, I don't think people have tuned into your podcast to listen to your really, really epic pig, pig uh, impressions. So, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about back up in the Midlands, where we've got Villa versus Palace, exactly the same scenario. Palace leading the game. We're getting close to the end of the game. There's an equaliser, and then what happens in time added on, Rue? Um. <laughs> 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 You've not quite mastered this I'm going to talk thing yet, have you? Wait. What What was the score? Um, 3-1. So what happened in, in injury time with, with when it was when it was 1-1, what happened? Aston Villa got a second. Yeah, and then a... Third. There we go. And then a fourth of Venice. No. no. Someone press his reset button. He's gone all Wally mode again. All right, yeah. So basically, so Palace... Um, Again, late into injury time, you think, oh, you know, it's going to get away with a draw. Good point away at Villa. Injury time strikes, and lo and behold, a penalty, uh, and then another goal, and it's 3-1, and the game looks like completely different. So, so much injury time being played in those games. What are your thoughts, boys? Well, it makes the Premier League more dramatic for a better viewing audience. Yeah. But I think it can be slightly harmful to the teams that are leading, and then... The victory is snatched from them in the very last second. Oh, it was very dramatic, wasn't it? The victory is snatched mm. from them in the very last it second. It sounds like the a dramatic film. is gone oh. right from the eagle's claws. Oh, wow, okay, I like that, the eagle's claws. Very good. <laughs> All right, so uh, topic two this week is Ruben's cough. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say? Ruben, <laughs> talk to us about your cough. How's it going? This is topic two this week. No, it isn't. Isn't it? Stop being such a donut. Oh, I'm being a donut now. It's a, cha- <laughs> it's a champion. <laughs> so, so, it's so last week I was told off for the way that I spoke. <laughs> this, this, this week I'm being told off from a donut. Okay, fine. All right, topic two. You pair of jam donuts. You're a Chocolate donut. <laughs> All right, I think we'll calm down because I'm pretty sure some at home has just spilled their cup of tea when you shouted chocolate donut. So apologies for the tea spillage, everyone. We're just going to have a bit of a second now where we're just going to calm, cleanse. There we go. Okay, yeah, everything's good. Okay, right, so topic two, midweek European football. Um, and um, what game are you most looking forward to, Elliot? In the Champions League, it's Man United v Bayern. Europa League, Brighton v Athens. Athens. Okay, Rue, what about you? Newcastle versus AC Milan. Um, Brighton versus Athens as well. Okay, yeah, so the big thing this week is obviously uh, Newcastle back in 
um, the Champions League. Oh, that was lovely, Rue. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> the, ch- the Champions League. 20 years to get back in the Champions League. And then, who do they draw? PSG, Dortmund and AC Milan. Ouch. That's got to hurt. I mean, that's a tough group, isn't it? Yes, very. Can I just add as well that it's going on right now where we are? So... But not literally where we are. There's not a game being played here. <laughs> yeah, you, you mean you mean there's games going on as we're we're recording tonight? Yeah, yeah. that's right. So there's it's a it's a Tuesday night that we're recording. There's Champions League football going on right now. Um, so we don't know what the scores are. But that group of death <laughs> with Newcastle, AC Milan, Dortmund, and um, PSG in it. Um, where who's 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 finishing top in that group? Who's who's coming out of that group? Rue, you are. No. Oh, you put your hand up. No. Okay, yeah. PSG and AC Milan are coming out of oh. that group. Do I, I'm going to say Newcastle are going to go to the Europa League. Okay. And then Dortmund are not going to be in the Champions Dramatic League. Dramatic Dortmund. <laughs> <laughs> right, Elliot. Um. I think that's hard. Any Newcastle United fans? <laughs> what, what? That, that, that was for the American Newcastle United fan base there. No, it was supposed <laughs> to be a Jordan so, impression. I, I, I'm sure it was. Um, so, what what are you thinking? Who who's going to win the um, this this group? AC Milan first. Yep. Newcastle second. PSG third. And then Dortmund fourth. The only reason I'm saying PSG third is because they lost both Neymar and Messi. In the summer. Mm-hmm. And, and Verratti. Where's Verratti gone? He's gone to a team in Qatar, I believe. So, I thought some Qatar. key elements of their team for the last two years or so have gone. Yeah, we didn't win anything when they were there in the Champions League, so it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter, <laughs> but... I still think that could harm their chances. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think it's going to be a really interesting group there. It's quite interesting when you look at the domestic um, positions of each of those teams. So you've got Newcastle 12th, you've got um, AC Milan a 3rd, uh, Paris Saint-Germain a 4th, and Dortmund a 7th, in the, uh, sorry, 5th in, in their domestic league. So when you're looking at, the, at those teams, none of them have kind of got off to an absolute flying start. So maybe this is where they're going to come to life a bit and they'll have a good run of form in the... Um, in the Champions League. PSG last season were on form. This season they look like they've just gone off because without Neymar and Messi, their two best wingers, they've just gone off. They've just gone off, Ru. They've just, just gone, gone off. off. <laughs> they've, just gone gone by, they've gone by their cell by day. <laughs> oh <gone> dear. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's all gone a little bit silly over here at Kids for a Quid HQ. <laughs> All right, so th- there's one thing. So our our car drive to uh, Nottingham from from where we live yesterday took a total of uh, ten hours there and back. No, it did not. It was it did- was so five hours there and five hours back, Elliot. Oh. So what's that? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so. <laughs> In that 10 hours, obviously, you get to talking about lots of stuff and we're talking about football. And one of the things that we, we were talking about was whether or not um, we, with the kind of this sort of rise um, uh, in popularity of the Saudi Arabian Football League, whether or not these Saudi Arabian clubs um, would should be allowed into the Champions League. I and if... <coughs> Coffee McCofferson over there. Um, if... 
it requires a for, uh, like a reformat in in, 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 in in the game. So, what are your thoughts on it, Elliot and Rue, without shouting, screaming, or saying donut? Um, donut. <laughs> so, I think what they should do is not allow these teams in the Champions League and do every four years they should do a club inspired World Cup. Oh, that's very interesting, Elliot. Um, tell us more about that. Well, there'd basically be like 64 teams. Okay, 64 teams. And um, uh, not 64, 32. Oh, 32, okay. Um, and the top four clubs from each of those leagues every four years, the winners from that league every four years will go to play in that tournament. And if someone wins it four years in a row, then second... Second would go. Wow. Third would go. That, that's amazing, Elliot. That's absolutely amazing because that's that's the exact same idea that I had. Yeah, but we agree with that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so in discussing this earlier, we we thought that having some kind of FIFA, uh, like a revamp of the um, the FIFA World Club Cup. That basically winners of, of domestic games would then be invited to a summer tournament. Uh, domestic uh, like leagues would be invited to a summer tournament where they would play a, a very similar format to the World Cup. So you might have the likes of, you know, Man City, Kaiser Chiefs, uh, Bayern Munich, and LA Galaxy or whatever in, in, in a group stage, and then it will progress like the World Cup would. Would that be better than the current format of the Champions League? Yeah, it would. But aren't Kaiser? Oh, hang on, Elliot. Aren't no, no, Kaiser sorry, no. Chiefs are bad. They're also a football team, Elliot. That's, that's how they got the name from um, the football team. Ruben, you look like you're either going to wet yourself <laughs> or you're, you're going to pull the lights down again. What, what's, what's up? Um, I think, yes, Saudi Arabian club should be in the Champions League, but I think there should not be a club, like Elliot said, I, sh I think there should not be one of them because then if... Because then if City are in the Champions League and then they go into the Club World Cup, win the Champions League, win the FA Cup, win the Carabao Cup and then with win the cup that you were just talking about, mm -hmm. City would probably qualify for that club that every year and just win it every year. So I think no. It's not just because Saudi Arabian teams and... MLS teams are not good enough, but I would say yes in the Champions League, but no in the league that Elliot says. And Elliot, if you want to know about that league, go and tell FIFA that. Right, yeah, so basically, um, I like. I, I think we need a section in the podcast where it's called Ruse Rants. <laughs> and and Ruse going to go off on those, and another thing. I don't think this team this team should be in it, and this team should be in. It. Yeah, I, I think I, I hear what you're saying, Rue. Basically, saying that Ellie's argument. It's it's just it, it's another it's another tournament for Manchester City to win. But but guess what? That that is elite football, isn't it? Someone's got to win it, and if you've got a team that you know can you know dominate, you know not just English football, world football, uh, European football, and world football. Well, that, that's absolutely amazing, isn't it? So so I, I think something like that, I, I'd all be in favour of that. <whistles> oh, we are motoring through this tonight. Right, we've okay. we've only done 27 minutes. Oh, it feels like an eternity, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> all right, so topic three. 
Oh, topic three. Um, we are talking the sack race. Rue, what is the sack race? Oh, hang on, he's taking a big slurp of his drink so he can he can get rid of his um his sore throat and cough. Still drinking? Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, Rue, tell us about the sack race. Um, it's the race <coughs> to see who. Wait, it's not a race. <laughs> That's the thing that you actually. Um, it. So we. Uh, we call it the sack race because we're the first manager to get sacked. There we are. There we go. He couldn't have put it so concisely and, and so perfectly um, worded, Rue. It's literally, in, in the Premier League, it's, it's known as the sack race, the first managerial casualty of the season. Um, who's going to get sacked first out of the, the team, the 20 managers that start the Premier League season over, going straight over to um, our reporter at Stamford Bridge, Elliot, who do you think is getting sacked first? Um, Sean Dyche. Okay. Uh, <coughs> uh, because? Because I really think he could go, because obviously Awobi's gone, Damari Gray is gone, and... They were terrible against Arsenal. They didn't have any ideas, obviously. And there's been a lot of talk about new ownership around Everton. <coughs> but, <coughs> but they, I don't think, can fix it. it it's, it's, it's worrying times for Everton, isn't it? Because um, they've got... You right? Um, they've got... Um, They've got the new owners coming in, the 777 group, 777, yeah, three, they, they, that group coming in, and they already own three or four clubs um, across um, Europe um, and America, and I think they, they're the new owners of, well, not the new owners, they're the owners, owners of um, Hertha BSC in um, in the Bundesliga, and obviously... Bundesliga Zweite. Bundesliga Zweite, yeah, so, so um, Berlin got... Uh, the point I was trying to make um, before my, my two assistants jumped in and fact-checked me um, was that they, w they were in the Bundesliga and then, yeah, they got relegated. So 777's first season in charge saw her to sell the majority of, the, of their quality and really struggle to stay in the Bundesliga to the point that they didn't. So if Everton fans are thinking this this might be a ray of light at the end of the tunnel, they're our saviours, um, I'm sure fans <coughs> of some of these other clubs would really urge them to have a look at what's going on there and say is it the saviors that you need or are these guys just going to come in complete a cost saving exercise and Everton could you know there's a reality that Everton could find themselves in the championship next season and Sean Dyche could be a first manager of casualty Elliot I think that's that's a good shout um Rue what are you thinking who's going to get sacked first um Mauricio Pochettino wow Poch talk us through why Poch um because he's got five points from five games mm-hmm Chelsea didn't have that form last season. Were they worse or better? They are worse this season, but they were better last season. So you think you think Todd Bully's not gonna not gonna stand for it? He's basically if um if Poch doesn't turn it around and get some get some balls in the onion bag, that's it. Points <laughs> points on the board. It's not gonna happen. I I'll be honest with you. I I think that um Chelsea have shown that they're ruthless. They've they've shown that you know they they really will get rid of a manager if they don't feel it's right. But for for a manager the the level of Pochettino, do you, do you think do you think that's still going to happen? Do you think they're they're going to give him a bit of time, or do you think you know let's say for example, obviously he ain't got European football to worry about this week. But let's say that you know at the next three or four games he doesn't pick any points up. Do you think he's gone? Yes, I think he's either gone in three weeks or two weeks. 
of his Chelsea. He only signed at the start of summer, which gave him a whole transfer window mm-hmm. to get, well, a whole up until Chelsea's first game to get to know the Chelsea players. Yeah, but they were still signing players during the window, weren't they? So yeah. it, your window only closed, what, two weeks ago, uh, 19 days ago. So he's only had that time. And as a Forest fan, you appreciate how long it takes a team to gel together. So with Forest, 30 signings last season, mm. and it took a long time for those to gel. So I guess that's my question to you both, Elliot, because you've got your hand up there, just hang fire, um, is that, you know, do you think that he will be given that time to, to let those sign-ins gel together and play, or do you think they'll just get rid of him and someone else will come in? Get rid of him. And I reckon... I think one problem he has got, one partnership that looked really promising at the start of pre-season and leading up to that first Premier League game was Christopher Nkunku and Nicholas Jackson. But obviously with Nkunku out injured, mm. it's not worked the way it did in pre-season. No, I, I, I agree, Elliot. I, I think Nkunku's, um, he's got a lot to offer Chelsea. But again, looking at whether him coming back into the fold is going to be too late for Pochettino or whether in two weeks time on the podcast when Chelsea have had back-to-back wins we're going to be looking at this going you know oh no chance Chelsea are surging up the table they're still behind Forest, but they're surging up the table and um there's a chance that they might actually get into the top half um so no way they're getting in the top (laughs) half so I I think it's one of those things where in football these things can change really quickly and I think fans sometimes can look at it and say no he's got to be sacked and then the next week they're chanting his name again do you agree yeah okay It's time for Feature of the Week. <laughs> All right, so um, the Feature of the Week here in Game Week 5. We're doing a really, really fun one this week. So we have got, firstly, because there's been a couple of bangers in the Premier League this weekend, Goal of the Week. So I'm going to come to you last on this one, Rooster. Um, Elliot, your Goal of the Week. Joao Pedro. Okay, talk Be- us through Joao Pedro's goal and why it's your goal of the week. He, he was it top bins, mister? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was sick, bruv. Stick it in the onion bag. Six skills, bruv. <laughs> oh, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, I'm back in the room. Okay, so um, Joao Pedro, what, what was the deal with that? Skills, bruv. Top bins, just casually, as if, he, as if he's played on it as a kid. He's just stroking it in. Um, banana has no idea where it's going. Oh, my days. Okay, thanks, Elliot. Banana? Um, I meant banana. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, all right. Um, oh, listeners, 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 <laughs> listeners. Popper, yeah. Uh, Popper, pop um, adults, if you're listening to this, just maybe have a bit of paracetamol or something afterwards just to, uh, just to kind of calm it down. All right, so, Rue, I'm going to come to you now. All right. Ruben, goal of the week for you. Callum Hudson Adoy's. Can you say that again? Callum Hudson Adoy's. Okay, why why Hudson Adoy's goal? Well, because it went top bins. Because it went top bins. It was a great finish, wasn't it? In off the post. Absolutely. Uh, I think my goal of the week um, had to be um, John uh, Durham uh, at Villa. Just sheerly because the pace of that ball, great touch, and just that angle of that volley. 
I'm convinced if if anyone had got in the way of it, they'd have probably landed further outside the ground than one of Nicholas Jackson's shots. Um, So, yeah, it was absolute belting goal. Great finish. Um, And then because you've not had enough fun and got enough hyper uh, activity going on uh, in the room at the moment, and we decided this week we're going to do a Wally of the Week. Um, So... The inaugural Wally of the Week for Elliot. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll we'll compare our Wallies of the Week in a minute. And then we'll agree on one Wally of the Week and one Goal of the Week as well. That's something I've just decided to do right now on the fly because I'm that kind of person. So, Wally of the Week. Rue, who's your Wally of the Week? It was I can tell you it's Martinez. That's what you said earlier. Why Martinez? Because of, of his little blip. He had a bit, had a bit of a slip, Palace. didn't he, which allowed Palace to, to come in and score. I think he was wearing some wet slippers, then changed to boots afterwards. He was wearing some wet <laughs> slippers. Okay, you heard it here first. Um, Elliot, who was your Wally of the Week? Nicholas Jackson. Yeah, we don't need any answers to that. We know why. Um, he pulled on his Chelsea shirt and tried to play football again. He, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I tell you where he belongs. In the oh, hit the post league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I haven't got on the little soundboard that I, I haven't got haven't got a tumbleweed here. But, um, uh, yeah, no, Elliot. Again, I I I think it's basically it's that one where shot. Where hit the post get you points? Well, yeah, it, it, but that's that shot where he he just hit the stand. It it was poor. Um, my Wally of the week goes to um, Lyle Foster of Burnley. Um, for a clear elbow um, on Ryan Yates uh, in the 94th minute. No need whatsoever. Um, but but the, the fun thing afterwards of Ryan Yates refusing to get up off the floor um, until the ref came over and then telling him that the referee and the linesman, he was pointing at them both and going, you need to check VAR because this is a definite red card. The referee telling him to get on with it. And then all of a sudden, the big checking possible red card <laughs> violent conduct came up and then as the referee came over to the VAR there were uh, several Forest fans there who were offering him um, a go on their glasses and there was one Forest fan he was about two rows in front of us got up and as the referee came over this Forest fan produced a red card held it and pointed it to the referee and motioned for him to go to the tunnel so um, I, I, I thought that was great but um, yeah, that happened. So, I but I think Wally of the week, uh, Lyle Foster. No need to get yourself sent off there. All right, boys. So, goal of the week. What do we think? <coughs> Whose goal was the best? Kula Bali. Kula I think Callum Watson. You've had too much cough medicine. Callum Watson Adoy. Hudson Adoy, right, Elliot? Oh, who was yours? Oh. Platini. <laughs> <laughs> So my my goal of the week was definitely Joao Pedro's. Okay, well I, I'm I still think I'm I'm gonna have to then have the deciding vote here, aren't I? And I'm gonna have to go with Hudson Adoy. No! <laughs> no, you're biased. I am very biased. biased. Absolutely very biased. You can't do that. Okay, so now we're going into Wally of the week. So. Who was the Wally of the week? Who do we think? That Forest fan. Well, no, he, he was he was he was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> he, sh- he should be hero of the week. Uh, it was Lyle Foster, um, Michael Jackson, or um, um, Martinez. Martinez. 
Nicholas Jackson. I'm going to side with Elliot on this one. I think Nicholas Jackson, two complete swing and misses two weeks in a row. Oh, right. Thank you very, very much, everybody, for hanging with us for that episode. Apologies if your eardrums are a little bit pierced from all the giggling and the shrieking. Have you enjoyed it again, boys? See you next week where we discuss what's happened in round one of the UEFA Champions League and Europa League. Okay, well, there we go. We, we haven't planned that bit, but okay, Elliot, thank you very much. Let's uh, let's wrap it up like that. Rue, anything to say to all your listeners, fans, and... Um, YouTube! Know, penguins? <laughs> uh, um, see you next week and come on, you Reds. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. Take care. You've been listening to Kids for a Quid, the football podcast presented by kids.